0: And now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process
1: with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, it's Darlene here. Kate has asked me to do the intro for this week's episode. And because she seems to be 2020's personal punching bag, Kate has contracted COVID-19. She's sharing a lot about her journey on her personal Facebook page, and all of her posts are public, so feel free to follow her there, but please don't send friend requests. Kate wants you all to know that she's doing okay. It's been a rough week, but so far it seems she has a mild case, which still feels like a terrible and long-lasting flu, but all things considered, it could be far worse. Kate's ex has taken their son as she isolates, and so far... None of her family has contracted the virus. And it's pretty good timing then for this week's episode. This week, Michelle Dempsey-Moltak joins Kate Anthony to discuss how to handle the upcoming holiday season amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Michelle is a writer, coach, certified divorce specialist, and host of the Moms Moving On podcast. Now, there is no guidebook for parenting during a pandemic. Kate hopes you find insight, inspiration, and tips to help you move through the upcoming holiday season with confidence and grace. You can find Kate through her website at kateanthony.com and on Instagram looking for the Divorce Survival Guide. And now, here is Kate Anthony's conversation with Michelle Dempsey-Moltak.
0: Michelle, I'm so happy to have you here to talk about all the things.
2: I love talking to you about anything. So if we're (laughs) going to talk about all of the things, that's really exciting.
0: Yay! (laughs) Um, So just like full disclosure for everyone listening, Michelle and I fell in love like a couple of months ago (laughs) and and we just wanted to have hard and fast and we just wanted to have each other on each other's podcasts. And we, So we have chosen a topic, (laughs) but we are probably going to talk about everything. (laughs)
2: <laughs> There's so much to talk about right now, Kate. And it's it's I mean, if you're in the co-parenting space, the divorce space, the thinking of divorcing space, there is just so much to unpack, I'm realizing. And I, you know, up until I'd say a month ago, I was getting the same questions over and over in my DMs. Happy right. to answer them happy to handle them with clients. But now it's like shifting. Now things are like, I don't know if it's the time of year, people are getting more anxious, more emotionally revved up, more scared of co-parenting during COVID because the holidays are coming. So there's there's a lot, you know, I feel like we're going full speed ahead to the end of the year, but there's a lot of junk coming with us.
0: Oh my gosh. There's so many hurdles and roadblocks between now and That's- then.
2: What's the, what's the shift that you're seeing? I'm curious. People are starting to... I have people who are looking to leave a marriage that I'm coaching in what that would look like, how to do that, steps to take. And then it's like, holy crap, the holidays are right around the corner. How is it going to work? How am I going to co-parent during the holidays? Add to that, hi, um, Michelle, I'm a random stranger. I don't know if you're going to check your DM, but I'm freaking out because my ex-husband um usually has a christmas party with 35 of his closest friends and family and i'm worried because of the pandemic is there anything i can do so i'm starting to get the these anxious yes. you know these anxious worries that i can totally relate to totally absolutely
0: and and that like gives me heart palpitations mm-hmm. like the idea of having so what do you say to somebody this is this is a great segue into the topic that we're talking about today co-parenting during the holidays during COVID, right? What a shit show. It (laughs) It really is. is. So what would you say to someone like that? Like,
2: Here's the thing. So what I've been saying all year is there were no rules written for this, right? Like there's no parenting plan on the planet that had a little clause for pandemic life. Like nobody plans for this. And so what I've seen in the court system from my husband and just from being friends with so many lawyers is people are like unilaterally making decisions here, right? Like there is one partner or ex-partner who's going to be a lot more cautious than the other right? in any co-parenting situation. I was very lucky in my own for a long time. My ex and I were really on the same page and that brought me peace of mind. And I couldn't imagine having an ex who was like, let's just go to Disney World. Why not? It opened up again, you know? Right. That's that's not the case but that is the case for some people. And it's typically the mom who calls me or reaches out freaking out, "Can you believe, you know, he took the kids to a restaurant or somewhere where the mom wouldn't approve." Mm-hmm. And it just becomes this everyone's in this big black hole of what am I supposed to do because my my parenting plan doesn't say anything about this. However, the parenting plan says that your child is supposed to be in a safe environment, right. not exposed to harm with the other parent. So make of that what you will.
0: Right. And at this point, who's defining harm? Right. Well, restaurants are open. So if they're not harmful, right? Or there's no mask mandate. So nobody's saying it's harmful, right? We have, there's so many, there's so much conflicting information.
2: It's also conflicting and it's also gray. And the thing we all talk about in the divorce space is when you're leaving a marriage and creating a parenting plan and dealing with a co-parent, there's no room for gray area. And now all we have is gray and it's, it's frustrating for all of us. You know, I don't even have the right answers because I'm dealing with it too.
0: You know, there's somebody in my Facebook group who just posted about the fact that she has two children who are immunocompromised. One of them has asthma, asthma you know, has like very limited lung function and their other one has something else. And the judge who is very sort of like overtly right-wing, the judge just made a judgment that they can go back to in-person learning when this was like, I guess it was part of their judgment. And she's like, how do I, like when it's a, when it's coming from a, from a judge, from an authority figure who clearly has a bias or something. It looks really weird. Right. So when, so when even there's, when there's even no consistency or no rhyme or reason from leadership and higher up, like who's to make, who's to know who's to right. make sense of anything.
2: And and my take on it is is this, like, as a mom, you would throw yourself in front of a train for your child, right? right. Like, mm-hmm. you are mama bear. You don't sleep if they're not sleeping. You can't function if they're not feeling well. Like, if it means, and I'm not suggesting anybody withhold their children, but if you ever fear that your child is in imminent danger with the other parent, like, it's hard to sit back and, and not say anything and not do anything. And, and even worse, if the courts don't comply. And I, right. I think what I've seen is, I think the courts are just sick of this, you know, all of, all of the issues right now are post-litigation COVID issues. Right. She took the kids here. She took the kids there. He said he was wearing a mask. She didn't wear a mask. Like it's, I think the courts are also at their wits end too, because they probably don't know what to do.
0: Sure. Sure. It's it's sort of like they're coming to the courts to be like the final arbiters. And it's not, again, like you said, it's not black and white. There's no law. It's not like they can point to a law and be like, this is the right thing to do in this moment. It's everything's a crapshoot at this point.
2: Right. So how does this play out in the holidays? So here's here's what I'm thinking, because I'm mm-hmm. about to go through the same thing. You might be going through 100 percent. Right. Yeah. And brace yourselves, people, because it's time for an uncomfortable conversation. And by conversation, I mean whichever means necessary you use to communicate with your ex-spouse. You're going to have to do it for this and say, look, you and I may not agree on the color of the sky and the type of sneakers our kids should wear. But here's where we have to agree on their safety. It's the holidays. I get it. Nobody wants to sit at home when all the other kids are trick or treating. Nobody wants to sit at home when grandparents haven't seen cousins in in twelve months. Like people want to celebrate the holidays together. Here are my suggestions for what would make this safe for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So naturally, the other parent is going to say, "Okay, well, I, you can't control what I do." No, but I can withhold the children if I feel that they're in an unsafe situation. And I know that your cousin works in a hospital. That makes me nervous. Is there a way, ex-spouse, that we can, you know, maybe if you live in a warmer climate, have dinner outside? Or could there be a separate table for the kids? So, you know, it's a fine time to not force your kids to hug uncle so-and-so just because it's the right thing to do. Just putting things in place or at least having the conversation so you can feel like you tried. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I think as co-parents, we hold back on these conversations to avoid confrontation. Yes. And I'm the first to admit that I used to do the same thing and then I'd find myself freaking out, but it was my own fault because I didn't open my mouth ahead of time. So I think just opening up the dialogue and saying, look, I want our kids to experience your holiday celebration or your family. I understand it's important to you, but let's just find a way where we can do this more safely. And I think opening up a conversation that is not threatening, not you have to do this or else. Yes. You know, get on your ex, your ex's level, meet them where they are and, and have them not feel threatened. It's like any other co-parenting conversation, but there's obviously more emotions around the holiday.
0: Yeah. I think that, and I think that you're right. I think that's key, right? Is to get on, get on their level and say, you know, one of the things I like to sort of talk to people about in terms of communication with hard things is to think of it. Don't think of it as you guys are fighting over something, sort of invite them into a dialogue. So you're not saying you're not accusing them and you're keeping this, this conversation needs to stay in eye language, right? If it's all about like you're doing this and I'm worried that you're going to do that and you always and you never, this conversation is going nowhere fast. But if you say, I'm scared, I think it would be great if we could join together and have this, like have a conversation about the holidays in advance, right? Like you're being proactive about it and you invite them into a dialogue. It's going to be a lot smoother and then you can if he's, if they're not, (laughs)
2: if they're not amenable, then you'd be like, okay, great. You know, then you can move to withholding the kids. Right. I think it's also important to distinguish between the ex-partner who's going to make a stink over what you're doing for the holidays, just because they enjoy the control and making a stink. Mm -hmm. And the ex-partner who is truthfully concerned because your actions are messy and, and frivolous. For example, in my own situation, I I go out to Colorado every Christmas break with my daughter and stepdaughter and we go skiing. Now, what does that sound like during COVID? Completely haphazard and crazy. However, we're choosing to fly at a time that it's like off, not on a popular flying day, right? So we already know we're going to have seats. We booked seats all separate so that nobody can be near us. We have special passes for the mountain because they're not allowing just anybody on the mountain. You have to book in advance. There's very limited bookings. There's No restaurants to be eaten at. You can't eat on the mountain. There's no ski school. There's private instruction. So everything has shifted to meet the needs of COVID. So, would I be flying out to Colorado to throw my daughter into like a COVID cesspool on the ski mountain? No. So, it's also understanding like, are you just freaking out because now this is a huge moment out of your control? Or is there really cause to worry? Like, that's why the conversation needs to happen so you can hash these things out and like remove the emotion and the need to control from what actually is happening.
0: Yes. And I think that's, and I think you also bring up a good point to something important, which is to use curiosity, right? Hey, I know that you're going to Colorado. You're going to in Colorado. Tell me what that looks like. Right. So as opposed to like, that's insane and that makes no sense. Right. Use curiosity. Like what, tell me, it, like, t- tell me about this because it makes me feel a little bit nervous, but what are the accommodations? Like what's happening?
2: A lot of times my ex will approach it with the, not the I statement. It'll be like the other thing. And I'm like, how about you take a step back and ask before you just assume. And I always say that to my clients too. Well, he's going to, I had a client today freaking out, needed an emergency session. He's going to do this and he's going to do that. And I said, how do you know that? Did he tell you that? Right. Right, like we don't know right. that we're we just, know. just thinking the worst because as co-parents with kids who are not in our control, we're going to catastrophize. But we need to sit and have the uncomfortable conversations because they often lead to much more comfortable situations.
0: Totally, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, you know, so many people I think are in the middle of this right now. Right, they're in the middle of div- I mean, the divorce rate has skyrocketed. Right, it's gone up by thirty-four percent so
2: far. <laughs> But that was just by June. So I'm curious to know what it is now. Yeah, but the yeah. spike, there was a spike in people reaching out to divorce attorneys by April. So that was one month into COVID. <laughs> but June, it was 34%. Now I feel like it's 870%. But I'm don't sure. Too
0: <laughs> I totally back you up on that stat. <laughs> I mean, it really is, it is right? It makes perfect sense. So, So not only are we dealing with like, co-parenting and divorce in, during COVID and the holidays, but it's also people who are like at the beginning stages of this, mm-hmm. which is the most like unsettled, unsettling, can be most volatile, right? Like, and wowza.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And here's why. I mean, look, I, I hear it from the first, any, anything my clients will say is always started with, if it weren't covid If it weren't COVID, I could start dating again. If it weren't COVID, I could be out with friends on a Saturday night instead of home crying over my recent split because of, because of, because of, and it's so frustrating because there's no, you can't just tell COVID to go away because you're getting a divorce and it would make life easier. You know, it's, 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 but here's. Here's why I, I'm, I'm all about the silver linings and finding the good in every situation, making lemonade. Mm-hmm. And here's where I think, in hindsight, the people who are divorcing now will be grateful for this pandemic putting a pause on their lives. Yeah. Very often, people who split, much like myself, come out of this marriage, whether they wanted to leave or not, or the, the, the divorce was sprung on them with this frantic energy. I got to make plans and I got to have yes. things to do. And I'm just going to start dating to see if, if I'm dateable. And I'm just going to sleep with somebody because I haven't slept with anyone in so long. And I need to keep my kids busy. So we're not home alone living the reality of our lives. That's the worst thing you can do after a split. And yeah. I know you're a coach. I'm a coach. We're always going to advise our clients to sit with their feelings, right. honor their emotions. They have no choice but to do that now because- You're
0: so right. You're so right. And to slow down, like even the legal process, right? Because that's the other thing that I think we both see is like it's like that. Oh, get it off! Get it off! I got it. Okay, fine. We made the decision. Like now, let's do it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm.
2: And you know, I, you and I I agree on this. Could have just seen your body language. That was great. (laughs) She literally acted like there were cockroaches on her body. That's
0: true. Like, get it off. That's sort of like always the image that I have of it of like, okay, I've made the decision now, like, let's just do it, right? It does. It feels like get it off. And so this, this does, it forces you to to slow down. Like we, we can't move out immediately. You can't. You know, I mean, you can serve in papers, but like, where are you going to go? Right. <laughs> you know? Like, you're right. I think that's a, I think that's such a great point is that it slows everything down.
2: And that, you know, it forces you to do the uncomfortable thing, right? Which is just accept and like honor that this is your situation. You don't, you can't run to a distraction. Um, you can do all of the, the things that I did in my split because I, I enjoy being by myself probably a little too much at this point in my life, but sit at home on a Saturday night, like feel the feels. Feel it. Feel it. Yep. Get on a call with a friend if you need to, but like sit your ass home, get like exercise the demons of this split because once, you know, the world turns again and we're coming out of pandemic life, like you'll be healed. You'll be healed if you let yourself feel all of that. And I think that's one of the benefits is, we're being forced to stop in our tracks and do the things we don't want to do. You hear from so many people, oh my God, I'm, I'm home all this time. I was finally like left with no choice, but to fix that wall that needed fixing or to to replace the pipes in the garage, whatever it is, we're all being forced to do the things we've been ignoring for so long. And taking care of yourself after a split should never fall to the wayside, but it does because we're so frantic with trying to create a new life for ourselves without giving the the process a little time.
0: Yep. You know, I will say just from my personal experience, because I did that, right? Like I was like, woohoo, let's go. I'm out. Let's see. Out, you know, and I mean, I, I didn't move out quickly because we lived together for six months before I moved out, but the rest of it, I was like dating and I was doing all these things and, you know, and like, honestly, and i, I talk about this is that 10 years later, when I got sober, I was left with all of my residual stuff that I hadn't quite processed and I hadn't lived with, you know, and I, oh my God, I don't want that for anyone. It doesn't go away. It like hides and festers. And then when it comes out 10 years later, it's even bigger
2: and grosser. <laughs> so. yeah, a big problem. You know, if you don't deal with that shit mm-hmm. at the end of a marriage, you're faced with like all of your own inner stuff, right? Because this person right. is bringing out the worst in you and now you see it all and you're like, oh my God, if you don't deal with it, you end up in the same situation relationship you will anxiously yep. attached to somebody else where all of the same triggers will be triggered, all of the same shit's gonna happen again. It's like history repeating itself. History repeats itself when we don't change the problem. So if it gives you an opportunity to sit and and read self-help books and cry into your pillows and eat far too many Fritos, do it do it because now is that time and we're not going to get that time back to just be still with ourselves. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a silver lining. The other silver lining to divorcing during COVID is like you said, the time with the legal process. Yeah. You can't rush it because we're all at the mercy of the courts here.
1: Right.
2: But also I, and this is great perspective. I got from a client up in New Jersey. She told her husband right before the holidays last year that this would be their last holiday season together. And they said, okay, after the holidays, you know, just before the spring, we're going to separate and move out. He was very angry and there was all sorts of stuff going on. And then COVID came and they were forced to be in the same house. And she said to me in our last session, she was like, you know what? I'm so grateful because all of this time we've had, they haven't, they're just starting the legal process now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of this time we've had have, have allowed our emotions to simmer. Like, we're not angry. We're not at each other's throats anymore. We're just now like, we've accepted it. We're ready to get on with the process. So that part of it is is kind of nice too.
0: I think it's a hundred percent true. I say it all the time. I repeat these words. Everyone's probably sick of hearing me say it, but you know, I always say that divorce, you're going through the biggest legal and financial decisions of your entire life in the middle of the biggest emotional upheaval of your entire life. And it's a terrible, terrible, terrible combination. And you want to have those emotional, all that emotion simmer, like you said. And then you come to the the legal and financial stuff with a clear head and heart and far more rational. And your kids are so much better served in that situation, right? Look, if you don't have kids, I I always say, I don't don't care how you do. (laughs) Like you can be mad and fight over money. (laughs) Like I don't care. But if you have kids, they're the first ones to get affected by that. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor today. Today's sponsor is Soberlink. Now the Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. And for limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning the Divorce Survival Guide. And now back to our show.
2: Because I've been working with so many women who are dealing with divorce right now, triggered by the pandemic or paused because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a real bo- benefit to t- taking things slowly. There are plenty of states. Mine is not one of them that force you to be separated for a few months before you start the legal process. I love that. I think they it's should be like everywhere.
0: I do too. I do too. In some like other countries like Brazil and the UK, you have to be separated for two years before get you get out of here. File. Yeah two years. Isn't that great? And I'm like, that's great. I mean, it's kind of weird because then your entire, like things are like up in the air forever. Right. Cause you're like, how, I don't know, how do you, how do you make plans and where do you live?
2: It take that time takes all the contention out of the divorce process because you've, you've formed your new lives already. What's there to argue about? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome.
0: I have a, have British passport we will travel. I'm <laughs> like, I may,
2: uh, uh, yeah,
0: totally. I mean, Europe is their Their numbers are going up, so it's not like it's that much better there either. But so let's talk about like the actual holidays. Like, I mean, doing holidays in divorce at the best of times can be super complicated. Um, what are your best tips for people on how to handle?
2: We're going to pretend there's not a pandemic. And right. Yes. Life normal. Okay. normal,
0: normal. And then we'll, then we'll add the layer, the complexity of the pandemic into it.
2: Here's what I think, no matter how much you love or hate your ex, the holidays are always going to be hard. If you don't have your children, something that I was advised to do back when I was doing my divorce and creating my parenting plan was to take each holiday. And instead of like, you know, the big ones, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, if you're Jewish, New Year's, take them and split them in a way where, because my child is young, and if you're listening, you might have young children, split them in a way where no parent is without their child on the holiday. And no child is without their parent on the holiday, because it's it's a special time. It's harder on kids when they don't, during the holidays, because they don't have both parents. And it's like, daddy's celebrating at his house in one way, mommy's celebrating at her house in another way. Maybe daddy has a better Christmas tree and mommy doesn't want to like, own up to that. So something I really advise is if you're in the midst of creating a parenting plan, find a way to split Christmas. Maybe it's, you know, for me, Christmas Eve is always a much bigger deal than Christmas day. So I would want to have my child's Christmas Eve. And then the next morning she can go to daddy's for Christmas day. So she gets both. We do the the same thing. Yeah. Right. First night of Hanukkah, if you're Jewish, I'm Jewish. I celebrate Hanukkah also. There's eight nights. If your kids are little, you're going to celebrate all eight nights. If they're over the age of like seven, you're like, here's one gift and get over it, please. But the first (laughs) night is the special night. So suck it up, grow a set, invite your ex-spouse over, even if it makes you want to have hives and throw up, do it for the child because Hanukkah is a weird holiday. You just celebrate at night. You light some candles. It's not like one big celebration. It's spread out. So take the first night, do it together. Give your child the big gifts on that night. They've done it together. Now there's no fight over who gets the next couple of nights, right? Yeah. Yep. New Year's is the same thing. New Year's Eve is always going to be a much bigger deal to one parent. New Year's Day, there's always going to be traditional stuff in certain cultures split those holidays up, especially if you're at the beginning of your co-parenting, like it's a really hard time to transition into without kids. Let's yeah. say you're finalizing your divorce next week and you've decided you're going to give your ex-husband even year holidays. That means you don't see your kids Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's on the first year of your divorce. That sucks. And, and nobody should have to face that. That nobody also
0: sucks for your kids. I don't. I'm not a fan of the of the even odd year thing. Like it, that, that feels really punitive to everybody, frankly.
2: <laughs> right. Just- that's how it's very often presented in a parenting plan. Okay. Give him even years, you take odd years. And so mine, yeah, that's fine for veterans day or <laughs> weekend, but no way for the big holidays, you know, kids live their lives for that time.
0: Yeah. No, it's not. It's that it is, it, it is like I said, punitive for everyone. Like, you don't get to see your kids. They don't get to see you. And for what? Right? And,
2: and so if you're already like knee deep in a parenting plan like I am, and it's too late to go back and change things, understand that just because it's written in, in, your, in stone in your parenting plan that you're supposed to alternate, it's okay to have a conversation and say, hey, this year, it's been a rough year. We've all just made it through by the skin of our teeth. Is there any way we can maybe split if you're not going out of town? Let's, I'll take... Christmas Day, since I know Christmas Eve is really big for you, or at least, you know, bring them back to me in the afternoon so I can have some part of Christmas with them. That's to everybody's benefit.
0: I agree. And I think that, again, having this conversation, like, in eye language and, like, inviting them into a conversation, especially something like that, because they're probably not happy with the idea that they don't get to see their kids for an entire year's worth of holidays. Like, that just, you sort of appeal to their humanity and and their yeah. sense of reason, On that level, which I think is important.
2: Yeah. It's a total, it's a total golden rule thing, right? Like do unto others. And I know if you're dealing with a high conflict or narcissistic ex, the golden rule doesn't really work sometimes. But every once in a while there'll be that like little opportunity where they're like, Oh, thanks for being so kind. Yeah, we can do that. So you never know, it's worth a try.
0: Well, and it also, you know, even in a high conflict or like a a narcissistic situation, I always say, like, you know appeal to what, what matters to them, right? Make it seem like it benefits them, make it, make it seem like, you know, I know that you felt really lonely (laughs) last year and I don't want you to feel that way. And, you know, so maybe we can do something, right? So if you, if you sort of spin it a little bit, you know, little, little crafty work.
2: (laughs) Co-parenting is such a chess game. Like it's, it's, there's so much logic and strategy involved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Before any conversation, I know, I know. It's like that psychology thing. Totally. My my ex husband, God love him.
0: He actually said to me one time, he was like, "Hey, if we're ever going to have a conversation in which like you're criticizing my parenting, can you just preface it with telling me what a great dad I am first? Because I then,
1: that.
0: I know." <laughs> and I was like, "Sure." He's like a great dad, but (laughs) well, he's like he gets so in me, and it's true, like he gets so defensive. He's so scared of being wrong or accused of something that he gets so super defensive. So he was like, do me a favor. Because he's like, he realized he's like, every time you come to me with a request about something, I immediately think actually what you're saying is that I'm a bad dad. So if you preface it with you're not a bad dad, you're a great dad, then I'll be able to hear whatever request you're making.
2: You know I like, what? Yeah. I love that he's that emotionally. He is yeah. with himself that yeah. he can he can admit that. Good for him. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, he's he's he is great that way. He really is, and that's and this is like eleven years of divorce and co-parenting and divorce and like we've been through. Everything we've been on, like every side of the roller coaster, top, bottom, upside down. <laughs> that,
2: is, that is, and that's 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 a good place to bring this conversation. It takes that time and those experiences to get to a place where it is going to be amicable. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not of the opinion that you have to be best friends with your ex to be a good co parent. I agree with you. Yep, 100%. A lot of times in initial consultations with clients, it's like I just I need help to get to a place where we can be friends, and I'm like, whoa, 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 that's not what you need to do. No. Where did you hear that, and why? Like, no. because if if you set that expectation for yourself that it's only going to be good if you're friendly, you're going to be really disappointed. And you have, to, you have to understand that you and your ex are both new at this. You're both navigating this while getting over some pretty real feelings, while trying to start a new life, while trying to accept that your marriage didn't work out. You have to go through all of the seasons. You have to go through his first Christmas without the kids, or your first birthday not waking up with your children, or your child loses a tooth at the other parent's house. You have to go through all of the milestones enough to understand that this is life now and eventually the emotions simmer down to a point where there can be amicability. Do you yep. need to end up best friends? Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. I could not agree more. Um, and also, you know I always say like I always try to make sure that I sort of um, highlight the fact that where my ex and I are now is as a result of being separated for almost 12 years. Right. Yeah. So I get a lot of people comparing where I am in my divorce process to where they are in their divorce process. And it's 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 beginning and end. Yeah. And I have I actually had a had a a client call yesterday with someone who I worked with all through last year. And it was like a um, sort of just a follow-up check-in call. And what came out of it was that she they were spending a lot of time together and they were having family dinners and like all of this stuff, and and they were really close. But something switched and they had this huge fight. And I said, and she's, she had all these feelings about it and it got really ugly and really nasty. And I said, you know, it sounds to me like you guys didn't really break up. Yeah. You, you kind of continued on with the marital dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, you have got to take more time and more separation to create your individual dynamics. Because if you try to stay friends too, too soon, you're still you're, you don't really get divorced. There's there's legal divorce and then there's like emotional divorce.
2: Right, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. I was reading an article about this that I found really interesting and now I think it was in the Washington Post about mm-hmm. why it's dangerous to be friends with an ex. One person is always going to really want that friendship more
1: mm-hmm.
2: or or think it's more than it is. It again go back to gray area. There's no part of becoming a divorced individual and owning it and moving on and co-parenting and all of that, it begins and ends with boundaries. You don't typically have the opportunity to set boundaries if you're best friends with an ex and you guys are meeting for drinks and having conversations that you wouldn't have if you guys weren't friends. So it it blurs all the lines again. And then inevitably somebody distances from themselves from the relationship a little bit first and it all falls apart and it goes right back to square one. So if you can get there eventually all power to you. Don't make that your goal. Make your goal about you, moving on in a healthy and productive way, doing what's best for the kids and everything else eventually falls in line somehow.
0: I I so agree with that. So, this is why this is why we fell in love. Uh, <laughs> before we go, I want to hear I want to hear your tips for like creating new holiday traditions and experiences for yourself, right? Because I just feel like that's the hard, that can be so hard.
2: It is really so hard.
0: hard. And so many people have, have so much trouble with that. What do you say to people? How do you make lemonade out of that?
2: Well, I'd say, look, if you are a person with a life outside of your child, which I'm sure you are, now's the time to harness that and take advantage. Mm-hmm. You, if if you're at the beginning stages, and let's say this is going to be your first Thanksgiving alone, Thanksgiving happens to be my favorite holiday across the board. I would celebrate it every month if I could. (laughs) Use it as an opportunity to either really celebrate with people you love, get yourself invited to a friend's house. Maybe you have that one friend who always goes overboard and over the top and has such a fun Thanksgiving. They start drinking at noon and they don't stop cooking till the next day. Get yourself in a situation where you're going to be busy. I don't always recommend you distract yourself from your problems. But during the holidays, I think it's perfectly okay to set yourself up where you're not in a place to sit at home with your dinner for one and cry because that, that would be really sad. Right. You still do, children or not, you have family, you have a life outside of your children, you have friends. I hope you do. Utilize those relationships and don't be too shy to say, hey, bestie, you always do such a good Thanksgiving. I'm alone this year. Do you mind if I crash? Nobody's gonna turn you away.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think that's that's the key here is to ask, say mm-hmm. it out loud, tell people.
2: Don't just sit at home waiting for someone to remember and notice. Right. Right. Ask people. Oh, that's the most painful thing. I remember when I first split, I was kind of expecting like my married friends to be like, you are you too. alone this weekend? Do we need to come take care of you? They didn't do they don't it, do it. Not because they didn't love me. It's because they had other priorities first. And, right. and I, my one friend would always check in on me and be like, how are you? And I'd be like, not good. And she'd be like, well, why didn't you call me? Right. And it's like, Oh, right. Strong women know when to ask for help. Duh. But like, you don't want to feel like a burden. You're not a burden to the people who love you. Take advantage, get yourself out there. If you are in a place with your ex where you can somehow split the day or give your kids a squeeze that day, do it. Don't just You have to ask for what you need. It's not just going to show up. And another thing I, I like doing, which I've done year after year, like screw the fucking calendar. Do Thanksgiving the night before your kids go. I'm doing that this year. I'm having a whole Thanksgiving blowout, not even the night before, two days before. I'm having like 30- On Tuesday? (laughs) I'm having a Thanksgiving on Tuesday because I'm not with my child this year. My grandfather passed this year. My grandma just moved down to Florida to be with us. Like I'm making it a huge celebration. Screw the calendar. You can celebrate anything you want on any night of the year. So what, you're having how many people over to your house? Like a lot. Like everybody, I and I'm doing
0: I, it outside. Like, what's happening? See, this is like a COVID situation. I live in
2: Miami. Right, right. And we do everything outside, okay. and my my family and I have have it, Like, I just have a big family, and everybody. So, so you're it. all
0: okay. Okay, we've all
2: been like we're potting
0: together. Family. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Totally. We don't go anywhere but to each other's homes, and it's pretty great. We all have big backyards, so we take advantage. But. I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to enjoy my Thanksgiving just because I won't have my daughter on the actual day. I'll just celebrate a different day. Perfect. I love it.
0: I love it. Yes. And I love that idea. I love that idea. I have had. I know lots of women who do that, who are like, screw it. I'm having, you know, we're going to do, we're going to do two, we're going to do three or, you know, whatever, because yeah, like the
2: screw the calendar. I even did new year's with my daughter once when it wasn't new year's. She didn't know she was like three, <laughs> and that puts, like If you go to the kids' section of Netflix, they have like a ball drop, like Minnie Mouse ball drop, and I like put it on, and we were like, happy New Year, like (laughs) a week before New Year's. That's awesome. I mean, it was great. One of the best things about
0: living on the West Coast is that we, the kids, we do, you know, when the kids were little, we would do the New York ball drop, which is nine o'clock. They think they stayed up so late. (laughs) That's awesome. I never thought of that. Yeah. No, that's that's how I still do it, by the way, because I'm still in bed by like nine thirty.
2: I'm so not a New Year's person. I, I like, care. I I could give a shit. Yeah.
0: Yep. Same. Same. <laughs> I just adore you, and as usual, we could talk about all the things for all you the do. time. Um, we do.
2: <laughs> so, where can people find you, Michelle? I'm on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey. I have a private membership community for moms going through divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood who may really need the help and support but may not be in a place to hire a coach. It's an it's a online-based community with expert resources and tips from all sorts of people in the divorce industry, motivational stuff, free workshops every month. So you can find that at my website, momsmovingon.com. The podcast is also called Moms Moving On. And that is basically everywhere podcast stream, I guess. Most most listened to though, I checked my stats recently on iTunes and Spotify. Hmm. So I bet you have one of those. You can always email me, info at momsmovingon.com. I receive those emails personally and I love answering questions. So come and find me.
0: Yay. And yes, you all need to follow Michelle on Instagram. I'm constantly reposting uh, your stuff on my stories, as you know. I know. (laughs) I I love it. It's perfect. Michelle, thank you so much for um, having this conversation. I think it's timely. It's important. It's needed. We're like rewriting. We're writing all the scripts as we go. And it's important that we have experts like you uh, helping us write the scripts.
2: So thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. You know, I love you and hoping COVID ends sooner rather than later. So I can like come see you. No kidding. Happy, happy life. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks
0: for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time, and until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.